It's the CMXU Rider Rundown, brought to you by Callus Moto, also brought to you by Racetech and Charlie Johnson Racing, with your host, Ryan Gold. Ladies and gentlemen out there on the WWW World Wide Web, it is time for another rider uh, round-in, wrap-up, check-in. I don't know what Ken's calling these. He changes it on me, I think, every time. Or I am just a screw-up that gets the name of the uh, the title of this wrong all the time. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Gauld, and this one here is going to be a really fun one. I know this youngster on the phone very well. Um, I'm a big fan, and I think a lot of people became a bigger fan this past summer as well. And uh, this one is going to be brought to you by... Our friends over at Racetech, Racetech Suspension, 100% uh, made in the USA, and uh, it can get make you go as fast or faster than Ryan Lockhart. He uses it. He vouches for it. If you think he's good on a bike, eh, maybe you should use Racetech as well. And hit up Charlie Johnston Racing uh, for your Racetech Service Center here in Canada. We appreciate those guys coming on board. And, of course, Callus Moto, callusmoto.com. 100% of the proceeds go right back into the support, uh, like Talon Medaglia, uh, two-time champion at the TransCan this year, callusmoto.com, uh, big supporters. And as I said on the phone, a real good kid, and uh, the 2023 season was a turnaround for him. I, I feel we're going to have a good conversation. Uh, Pit Bike of Nations, podium, the carry the team, carried my drunk ass on his shoulders, Mr. Quinn Amia, what is going on? Uh, thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to talk to you. But yeah, big, big pit bike guy. Carried the team for you know. If I think if you uh, had a couple last beers, you would have won the moto. So uh, I think we're all lucky. <laughs> I might have had to come to like um, uh, ten or twelve less. Maybe that was a. I enjoyed myself that day. Hey, I, I, I was in good company. We had a lot of fun people. I just you know sometimes you you get a little excited, Quinn. You get excited. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, that was such a fun time. That was. Uh, that was definitely a highlight. That was so cool. I was uh, wasn't even sure what to expect when we got into it and everything. And man, that was a crazy time. It was it was awesome. Um, you probably didn't listen to this, but I don't know if you're a pulp I'm listener. He did a like a live show from the Vet World Donations that was over in uh, England like two weeks ago, I think it was. And uh, I just happened okay. to listen to it yesterday. The, the sound quality is not very good, but anyway, um, it's uh, Steve. No. Jeff Leary, I think the guy's name was. I think he might have been on the Britain pit bike team. Anyway, he brought you up. He's like, oh, really? he's like, you guys had some really good guy out there, man. He was so fast. Um, and uh, Steve couldn't remember your name quite well enough to say it, I don't think. But anyway, yeah, you funny. were uh, you, you, you turned heads that day, and, and some guy in England remembered it. So um, you're a star, not just on the Manluck uh, Rock River Yamaha team, but on the on the pit bike world stage too. So. That's funny. Yeah, um, I pulled this whole shot somehow. I can't even pull a whole shot on a real bike. Uh, yes, Quinn, we're well aware of that. On television, <laughs> on television, every single Sunday, there is no whole shots coming from the number fourteen. <laughs> hey, they were be- they were better this year. They, they were, were they were they were. Um, uh, first off, how's off season so far? We were about uh, I don't know a month or so, uh, maybe three weeks or so out of Walden. Uh, um, recovery on the finger and just kind of chilling and stuff like that. I see uh, you went to OCMC there as well, but uh, just uh, how's off season so far? It's going good. I, uh, I'm sure everyone's seen the dead piece sitting on the tip of my fin- finger. It, uh, it finally got cut off the week after Walton. So after they cut that off, it is healing like a lot better now. It's healing properly and like it's turning into a normal finger again almost. So uh, <laughs> I went out west for a little mountain biking and kind of just a, a trip to get off my bike and kind of let it heal and stuff. So 
finally back on the bike and it's it's better than it was all summer so i wish it they cut it off earlier but that's how she goes yeah yeah i mean that was obviously a scary one that, that was actually uh, brought up i did a vital show uh last night and they brought that up they're like oh i was watching this series and some guy cut his finger off and i'm like okay so pit bikes and finger cutting uh is what's made quinn famous in the last year here um yeah, I guess, I guess hey, so. you gotta do what you gotta do right you gotta do what you gotta do um maybe next year you can chop off a toe or uh you know hack off a limb or something just to kind of get your 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 instagram followers up a little higher yeah, just keep the name going, right? <laughs> Old choppy. Um, yeah. All right, let's get into uh, this past year, Quinn. Um, uh, maybe kind of almost, let's take a year, almost a year back, not quite. Um, you, you make a, I guess it's a change. You head down to Dreamland, working with Cody and, and Luke Rensland. And um, I got to say, I, I feel like that was the change that was needed or something because by the time you got back to our series uh, and everybody got to see what you were doing, it was like, I don't know if it was a brand new racer or, or what it was. I mean, last year everything went well and you, you did pretty good, but you were just a little bit off the tick where this year after round one, it was like, okay, Quinn Amiot is a podium slash championship contender with what we saw at, you know, the shithole that was Edmonton and then into Kamloops and stuff. But um, just talk to me about it. Cause like, I mean, I think you've listened to things before and, on our podcast or even other things. And we've kind of been hard on you saying, man, he just, he's missing some sort of fight or does he want it? And then this year, I don't know, you went to the store, you found it for 99 cents on the shelf and you bought it and you drank it. And you were a, a, like a, not a completely different person, but a hell of a lot more um, on the radar of a lot more people this year. And then it showed in the results. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, Luke and Cody definitely helped me so much this winter. I, uh, I can't even really explain, like, ex I can't really pinpoint exactly what it was, but I think just riding Supercross was a huge advantage for me, and then just, they, like, completely kind of changed how I rode my bike, and just made it, made me just a lot stronger, like, more solid of a rider, not just sending it, like, I always thought I'd have to send it because I'm big on the bike or whatever, but I really don't, and especially now that the team put a really good motor under my, uh, in my bike this year it helped a lot so i could kind of ride the bike how i wanted to ride it and we just worked those guys those guys know what's going on so them just helping me out day in and day out i was there every single day living with them and uh, luke really liked the test to work my fitness could go he seemed to find joy in that so uh, <laughs> my fitness was definitely like the best it's ever been and uh just the bike technique and everything that they taught me this winter is uh something i've never quite had before and uh yeah like you said it definitely helped me a lot and i can't thank them enough and i'm definitely going back there this winter is it something that you always wanted but couldn't find it and needed these guys to kind of dig it out or was it something that all of a sudden when you were down there you realized oh shit like i'm i i can do this or i i can you said you couldn't really pinpoint it but to me you you uh, the skill set the technique everything like you've always had that that is something that you've kind of learned and 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 always had and, and the talent um but it seemed like you you were just found like an inner fighter in you this year and um uh, it almost brings me back to that moto uh last year when you got canella in the final turn um at canlips right yeah. you passed him on that yeah. It was like that moment, I mean, it, you, you carried it kind of that year, but that moment there always popped into my head. I'm like, oh, shit, he's found something. And then it kind of didn't really sort of stick around the entire 2022. 
And then it seemed like every time the gate dropped this year, you were just like, Duke's up, boys. Let's fucking go. I'm ready, and I belong here. Yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely, like, started last year. It, I had, a, like, a better season than I've ever had last year, like, to stuff with Canela and stuff. Like, he was always beating me in the amateurs, and then I finally had a year where I was battling with him, and, like, we had a big battle, like, gopher and stuff. Like, so... That was definitely good for like the confidence, but I, I definitely just still didn't like believe that I should be up there. So if, say I got a good start or something like that, I'd be like, ah, it's not gonna last long or whatever. And then uh, going into the winter, having that season already, and then doing Supercross and everything, just like the confidence. It motocross is such a mental sport. Yeah. And, like not a lot of people think that, but it is, and it's that was like a big reason this year, I think, and I just mentally knew i could be there and i knew luke and cody they i knew they they believed me and i knew if they believed me i could do it because they aren't ones to kind of sugarcoat things they'll tell you how it is so uh they were telling me that i'm gonna do good and i was like well if they're if they're not lying to me then we should do good and then the first first round started off pretty good so uh that was a that was kind of like okay I, i could definitely do this um let's step back to that the supercross thing um Confidence, like you said, it just even though it, you might not have made main events or anything like that or whatever, but like you know, like obviously, as people look at Quinn, how can you not make the main events? Not realizing like you know, Supercross is gnarly and you're racing against the best guys. Even guys that people have never heard of are still good at this thing. Um, was that like a, a bit of a kicker for you? Like you take the chance, you sh- you know, take the risk, and then you just go out there and you can kind of have fun because there's no pressure. Uh, on it, right? Like you know, you're not going there to podium or be a top five guy or even try to win like you can in Canada. Um, was that something that kind of gave you this little like boost of confidence, just kind of getting the rhythms and doing things? And then whether it's a triple in the uh, in a rhythm section or because I mean the main triples are kind of the easiest jumps on the track. It's trying to get the rhythms and the whoops all dialed in out there, and it just seemed like that was kind of like a little bit of a I don't know, yeah, like a confidence boost for you. Yeah, for sure. Like, and I learned so much bike skill just training it day in and day out on like a legit supercross track and then yeah like going to tampa was my first race and man it was i like i had no expectations i really wanted to like at least make it into the night show and uh i wanted myself in uh qualifying and then uh i wasn't even gonna race and then i got back out there and got in like made it into the night show which was sweet but yeah just like being on the track with those guys and like actually just qualifying for my first race was definitely huge for the confidence. Um, is that something so like, I mean, you've always had bike skill, right? You, whether it's pit bike stuff in your backyard, you're just one of those kind of kids that just loves to ride. Um, is that something like looking at it now? Do you wish, I mean, how old are you now? What are you? 20? 22. 22. Oh shit. Look at you old. All oh, your career's going down. <laughs> career's going no, down. Yeah, down, down, down now. <laughs> um, is that something that you th- think you might've should have tried like a few years earlier to kind of give you this boost? Or is it something that you, you felt like it, it hit you at the right time? Uh, I think it hit me at the right time. Like, I think I could have maybe done it earlier, but, uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel like better than I've ever felt like fitness wise and everything. So, and skill wise. So I, I don't know. I feel like, it wouldn't have been as good of as of an effort two years ago right. to now. So uh, I think putting it in last year was like my best effort to do it. Before I think I wouldn't have been making main or uh, night shows and stuff. So I'd rather like do it now and then make it into night shows and learn it now than trying to do it before. Which like I definitely wouldn't have had the confidence to go out there and try to make a night show. 
Um, yeah, I, I just like you know sometimes the obviously us Canadians we talk about it on pods about guys not taking that chance or just taking the risk and you know putting yourself out there. You know, it's like. Uh, you're you're at the, the the grade A dance and you want to walk across the room and ask the girl to dance. You got to put yourself out there. Somebody might make fun of you. You might look like an idiot, but it could pay off at the ultimate at the end kind of thing. And you get the girl or you get that confidence like we're talking about right now. And um and, and speaking of that, like let's move over to the team side because two years ago, uh, the Man Luck Rock River Squad, Frank, they take a take not a risk I guess, but they they give you a, a spot under a tent and. And almost since that moment, you, your career has kind of had an upwards trajectory every time you've touched the track. And uh, it was almost like that gave you a bit of confidence as well, like, you know, showcasing somebody believes in you and, and gives you a little bit of support. And then, it, and like you just said a, a little bit ago, you got a better motor now and the support got better. Uh, just talking about the team atmosphere over the last two summers because – um, you've got a quite a nice little home. Everybody's super friendly. It looked really freaking busy under there this year, <laughs> but uh, you you just always seem to find a way to find comfort over there, and it, it looks like a really nice family, comfy atmosphere, which is a huge part of your life. With you know, you got uh, three brothers and a sister, and then you you got seventy five people in and out of your house every day, and um, you just love that kind of thing. Yeah, no, the whole man like team, like Frank, they're so awesome. I uh, I spent the first two pro years with Bennett and like paying everything out of my pocket and like working throughout the winters and stuff. So once Frank and gave me this opportunity, I like really was appreciative of it, and uh, so I took it, tried my hardest to do it, and then he just stuck around. He kept telling me, you know, like whatever whatever happens he'll kind of still be there the first year was kind of tough with motors and stuff but he he just puts in more effort each year and i put in as much effort as i can and yeah they're they're like family to me now and i can't thank them enough for everything but yeah this year it was definitely it was definitely hectic this year but like you said i'm pretty normal or pretty confident with that stuff you know my house is hectic every single day of my life so i'm uh I'm pretty familiar with that kind of stuff, but it was awesome. Uh, the team was awesome this year. Everyone underneath the tent was like, we got along great. It looked tactic, but we all got along good and stuff, which was nice. Cause I feel like with the team, with that many people, if we all didn't get along, it would be, it'd be pretty crazy. Um, I'm going to throw something at you. So, you know, obviously things are lots of people talking about, you know, how good you did and might be getting on different teams or getting offers on whether we're switching or not. We'll have to wait till silly season kind of starts going, but do you think, I, I guess this might be hard to answer, but do you think it might be more difficult for you if you're under, say, a factory-type tent where it's a little bit quieter, a little more serious, a little bit more pressure, where under that tent, maybe a bit of a circus atmosphere, kind of crazy, it kind of relieves the stress on things? Um, you kind of get what I'm saying? Like, where you could jump from one tent to the other? Like, Because if you become this guy that you look like you're becoming, that comes with... You know, whether it's a bigger paycheck, uh, more eyes on you, more pressure, all that kind of stuff. No, for sure. And that's kind of what I've been, like, thinking about a lot lately. Uh, it's definitely, I always loved the atmosphere of, like, the circus, like you said. But uh, I think I'm to the point now where, not that man luck doesn't have this, but I'm to the point now where I, I want that kind of pressure and I want that structure. Like, I want to have something to be pushing to be better. So I think I'm ready for it. And I not saying the man like isn't going to give me that but that's just the way you have to kind of do it if you want to if you want to get to the top step or like on the podium or stuff you kind of have to take that step and uh 
I'm definitely definitely ready for it. I would also agree, and this isn't a, a fault if you agreed with it or said this, but for Manlock to say give you that next step, they would have to take a little bit away from the circus, I believe, to make sure there was a little bit more importance on you. And that's that's what a lot of teams do, right? Like, you know, Dylan Wright demands a little bit more than than what Jacob Piccolo might need, or or um, Ryder McNabb might need a little more than Jess, or vice versa. Or uh, under the MX101, Sean Moffemeyer might take a little bit more time than Sebastian Racine. Like you always have on any factory team, no matter what it is, uh, so there's always sort of a, an A and a B, if you will. Um, unless you're maybe like Team Honda in the States where you got both guys <laughs> one and two kind of thing. Um, yeah. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like um, that might in these negotiations and chats over the next months, that might be half the, a conversation being like, you know, tough on your end saying, hey, this I might we might need to take a step back here to make sure I can have this much here. Um, and I, those are probably hard things to say. And maybe they never do come out. But those are kind of things as you move forward, something else has to get cut down. For sure, and they, they kind of did that with me this year in the team. I was uh, on a bit better of bikes and stuff than, like, say, Zach was and uh, kind of had a, some better deals or whatever throughout the team just because I've been with them and everything. And Because I told Frank coming into this year, like, I'm ready to ready to try to do good. Like, I'm going to – I feel better than ever or whatever. So he definitely put in more effort with me than the other guys. Not saying – they all did an amazing job. But, yeah, they, like you said, there's kind of an A guy and a – a big guy on teams most of the time, especially in Canada. Yeah, a hundred percent. Hey, and these are conversations, you know, it's just like, as you grow up, there's tougher conversations you have to have, whether you're a, a, a person owning a business where you have a manager, like, Hey, I need more out of you. Cause I'm taking a little bit less off this guy. It's just, these are conversations as you get more into adulthood that, that, that things have to have. And, uh, um, I, I just, it's an interesting time in your career right now. It's kind of cool probably to be a part of, but it's also maybe a little bit more stressful for you too. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a little stressful, but uh, I think I think being I'm I guess a little bit older, like it's it's nice. Like I can handle it a little bit better. I can actually think about it and like think about where a career choice and like I've had a real job, I've made real money. Like it's it's a little easier for me to pinpoint what to do and like make a decision and not not just like take say what say uh, I don't know say Honda gives me an offer that's less than what Manluck's offering me. Yeah. I can like think about it and not just be like, oh, Honda, I'll take the Honda ride. Like I actually have a point in my life where I can decide and make the better better choice for my career. Yeah, it's not just about what's cool or what may be exactly. cool. Yeah, good for you. I like that. Great yeah, attitude. Exactly. Um, I, I think you're a fan of our podcast and, and obviously you probably listen to Pulp and stuff like that. And uh, you've, yep. you've uh, tipped the cap. Have you heard about um, – my sort of opinion, and I think Nuf is sort of on the same one about thinking that maybe it's now time for you to get onto the big bike. And this isn't taken away, but you being a little bit bigger, being a little bit stronger, and coming into the 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 projection that you are right now on the way up. Yes, Dylan Wright is almost unstoppable, um, but he's got two years left on his contract. Um, I just, you know, before I keep talking, like, what are, what are your thoughts? Big bike, little bike? Do you care? Do you feel, do you want one? Would you rather be in one class over the other, or like, is it just like, hey, get me on on a good bike, get me on the team, let's go racing, kind of thing? Yeah, that's that's been the number one uh, thought process lately in my brain. Uh, I want, I'd like, I'm good with either. I like riding four fifties, I like riding two fifties, but uh, I just, I wish 
the finger situation didn't happen this this year and I could do how I thought I would be able to do this summer and I would be more confident or comfortable moving up to 450 because now I'm kind of in a situation where I feel like I could do a lot better in 250 and I'd like to have that opportunity to do good and have a, a full healthy season before moving into 450. But at the same time, I think I could do good in the 450 class. So I like riding them and stuff. So I'm definitely on the fence right now and it could go either way. But uh, I think I'd definitely like another opportunity to try to do better in 250, but I'm not definitely not saying no to a 450 ride um rumors out there that Ryder McNabb might not be coming back next year it's a pretty strong mover riding for AEO KTM uh down the states doing the futures in the outdoors so that means that um you know we wouldn't have a number one plate although I don't think we would have one anyway I think he would have to go 450 oh no he could stay 250 one more year by the rules I, the rule I read it it's it's kind of funky but anyway um does that does that change your look on that at all or does it not even matter if he's in the class or not in the class well no that does kind of and like i've heard things about like harrison wanting to move up or like natsky wanting to move up so like it's stuff like that and uh not i'm not younger than uh mcdab that's for sure but i'm like younger than natsky younger than harrison so like i feel and i i don't know i don't want to move up too early and then not be able to come back to 250 so it's definitely on the fence right now and especially if those guys go up and then if i move up and then say uh racine or something like that starts winning next year then it's like ah then maybe i shouldn't have moved up or whatever but it's all hindsight kind of thing so we'll have to see um you're pretty fun go lucky guy uh pretty laid back always smiling always kind of laughing is there if there is anything in this sport that gets queen amiot say fired up or frustrated what is it? Is it something within yourself? Is it other riders, the series? Is there anything that kind of like, God damn it, why can't this get fixed or changed or like that? Because like, I feel like I, you're always, I feel like you're kind of like the Aaron Plessinger of our series. You're just always happy. You're always smiling. There's nothing wrong. And I'm like, there's got to be something wrong. There's just, nothing's perfect all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I know I have fun with it, man. We're racing dirt bikes basically for a living now like it's i'm having a lot of fun with it and uh sure i definitely get frustrated it's more it's more within myself than anything the team they they do as much as they can do the series they do as much as they can do so it's everything that gets me kind of fired up is kind of just within myself or like injuries or whatever it is it's all it's i put a lot of pressure on myself and uh that's that's pretty much all i could say is like i anytime i get frustrated or pissed off or whatever it's all a matter of what has happened to me or like injuries or stuff like that and that's that's pretty much all that can get me fired up sure i can get fired up during a race or whatever with other racers but it's it's over pretty pretty quick after the race is that something that uh you learn from the brothers or your mom or your dad or is that just something that you've always been you've just been that kid i think that's just my family i think that's just the way we've gotten brought up like my dad was never too hard on us with racing and stuff. He would only he'd only kind of get pissed off at us if we like gave up in a race or something like that, which is pretty fair. He's spending a lot of money for us to be racing. He doesn't want us to just be giving up out there. But say we tried a hundred percent, we got tenth. He'd be like, "Yep, good job." So uh, I think that's kind of why motocross is such a laid back thing for me, and like why I think I got better later in my life is because it was always just kind of like yeah we're racing dirt bikes this is fun and then once i kind of got to that pro level i was like oh man i'm gonna have to take take a leap here and kind of go for it if i want to do it so i think that's kind of where that came from and then uh 
now after taking that leap and doing it all myself that's why there's so much pressure like just on myself um i want to talk about the so we we did bingo together this year um very fun super good times um you're very good at always willing to help out whether you're with kids or like you said you went to the ocmc thing uh this week and, and just went and rode in front of kids that don't get to go to say an amo race or maybe a pro national or whatever it is right and and you're really good with the community and i think that's obviously such an important part of racing nowadays being able to kind of be uh, a bit of a marketing material as well um but at one point you were one of these kids looking up to a guy like you um who was the who was the racer that kind of always gave you a the extra minute or maybe gave you some advice or whatever because you've been at the track pretty much as the get-go your dad was a racer back in his day and then your brothers all raced and then you've kind of carried on the the family name if you will um at the track but like who was the who was the pro or maybe it was just a local guy at raglan pit that you ran into that <laughs> didn't have uh, gloves on or uh, rode in a t-shirt or something but um you know who was who was the one that kind of gave you or always made you feel like Oh, they were your hero or gave you a, a pat on the back because right now Quinn you're you're that kid to a lot of these youngsters out there and it's just always, always that's such a cool feeling yeah no and I uh I I think that's why I like to help out and stuff is because I definitely was one of those kids and uh I I still see that so I I try to help out as much as I can but uh oh man I don't know there's been so many people that have helped me because just like you said because my brother's raced my dad raced so like there's been so many people in our lives but uh I, Kyle Keese like helped us out a, a lot throughout uh, our amateur career, especially like Bennett's amateur career. He was always helping him out, and then he helped me out a lot. And uh, there's a lot of people like closer, like Pettis helped me out a lot in my like early pro years and stuff. So there's a lot of people that helped us out a lot, and uh, I think Keese is like the first guy that popped into my mind. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I like that. Um, your your old man there. Uh, just very laid back. The very first time I think I ever met your dad was at a snowcross race. He was wearing shorts in minus fucking 40 degree weather back in like, I don't know, 2003. And I'm like, look at this goddamn guy um, wearing shorts. Um, at this stage now, like you said, he never gave you shit or was, was pretty mellow with you growing up. Does Is there any advice? Does he? I, I know he comes to some races like that. Does, um, does he see these moments of like holy shit like my i'm very proud of my son um i I just ricky's so laid back i just want to does he give high fives is he a hugger kind of thing like that i'm I'm interested to see what the father son uh dynamic is between quinn and ricky oh rick's rick's a hugger rick's (laughs) Rick's (laughs) he's the biggest fan he uh he doesn't tell me much you know he he says he says I know what I'm doing. There's, he's like you're kind of past the point of his help. He says so. Uh, he lets me do my thing, and he's just he watches from a distance. Like when he comes to the races, he doesn't come under the tent. He's just kind of kind of just in the distance. But yeah, he uh, he knows what's going on, and he he's definitely proud of me and proud of like me me and Bennett still doing it together and stuff. So uh, he never tells me never tells me anything like what i'm doing wrong or anything like that he always just telling me i'm doing a great job and uh yeah he's definitely a hugger and watches i realize that my vlogs don't get any videos or any views he just re-watches them about a thousand times so they're all just <laughs> re-watching the vlogs um yeah actually you know i've watched a couple of them there i haven't given them enough uh, attention what do you what do you think of that the whole vlog thing obviously it's hard to do and we're in a smaller market here in canada but uh the ones that i've watched look you're just having fun laid back and showcasing who you are and and stuff like that are 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 they 
getting annoying? Are they making it worthwhile? To, let's give me that your thoughts on all that because obviously there's some guys out there that have vlogs that you can make a lot of money on. Yeah, no, I just love doing it. Like we're doing something really cool, I think. So uh, we're living a cool life and we're traveling a lot and stuff. So I just enjoy doing it. I'm not really doing it for the views or whatever like that. I honestly, the main reason I've been doing it lately is for Rick. Like he, he lives for it. He texts me every Wednesday. Where the where the f is my vlog? <laughs> every week. So uh, that's kind of the main reason I'm doing it right now. And uh, just he's been paying for it our whole lives, and now we're kind of finally to the point where I'm doing it on my own or whatever. So he just likes to see what I'm doing and where I'm going and stuff. So uh, he's the main reason I'm doing it right now. And. I I have a lot of fun with it. All my buddies, every every, it's to the point now where like everyone knows I'm doing vlogs. So like when I bring out my phone or whatever, everyone kind of plays along with it. So I have a lot of fun with it. Uh, I haven't been on a vlog yet, man. You're not around enough, man. Oh yeah, I'm not around. I'm at the track every freaking weekend. It's <laughs> all I know. I'm I'm not on the vlogs. Um, I want to talk about Raglan. Okay. Um, yeah. Obviously, I. Uh, I mean, I think you know, but I I grew up there as well. It's a little bit farther from where I where I lived at the time, but that was one of the only places you can go and ride. I've ridden there in the snow and the ice, and trying to get down that big ass long road, and it's just a, a shitty old sand pit. And you've now brought others into it: uh, the Nick Collins, the T Parrot, and the um, Ufam Zeffs, and uh, Ronnie Max been out there, and, and uh, Jess Pettis, and and so we we grew up out of my side. We have this place called Four Hundred. It's on the side of the Highway Four Hundred. Same kind of thing. Just a shitty old sand pit. And literally anybody who's anybody has ever been there. Back to the Ross Peterson days, up to JSRs and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, I'd give me your just tell me the story of Raglan for you. Like when 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 I say Raglan, what does it mean to you? Because. It's like this home track shithole training. I texted you last night, hey, let's do a vlog and uh, or a vlog, sorry, a podcast. And you're like, okay, I, I'm going riding at Raglan. And I'm like, holy Jesus. <laughs> like, you're excited to go there. Like, who gets excited to go to Raglan? Like, just broken down cars and burnt up stolen vehicles and over the years. Like, it's, it's quite the histor- historic place that a lot of people would never, ever know about. Yeah, man, it is my favorite place to go. I, uh, it's so gnarly and like so sketchy, but man, you, if you can ride that, you can ride pretty much anything. And I've ridden there my entire life. Like I remember going there in 85s and like Bennett being like, we should probably, probably should stop riding before my bike blows up because <laughs> it's like so deep. But, uh, I love it, man. It's so gnarly and you just get the best best riding in best training in and like you said i've like been bringing bringing guys there and every time i bring someone new out there they're like holy crap man they're like how do you ride this and uh i remember like nick collins he he wasn't really like planning on racing this year so he was kind of racing himself into shape and i remember when we were out west he's like man you're like your race fitness is like unreal like you don't get tired and i was like yeah i don't know i don't know and then we like got out to raglan and he's like oh he's like i get why he's like i see why you don't get tired when you're racing he's like you ride this every day and i'm like yeah this is this is all i ride so i think it's like super beneficial to be riding that kind of stuff like it helps with technique and everything but it also just helps with doing 35 minute motos out there is gnarlier than doing 35 minute motos anywhere so that's why that's why uh gopher's my favorite race it's funny like you know I, like that's what i grew up on a shitty old tracks like that and i, I could attribute that to where my skill came from and stuff like that but nowadays you know every track you go to it's groomed perfectly it's super yep. heroic and all that stuff 
um, it's almost like if you could bottle up the raglan or this the, the track that I call 400, bottle it up and give it to these people and then let them take a sip of it for a bit and then they realize, oh, this actually is pretty ship it. And then they, if they ride it for like a week, they're like, oh my God, I feel so much stronger and better on my bike. I'm using more of my core and my legs. and um, But you can't, you can't really sell it without people you get you have to just come and do it and then put yourself through the suffer fest exactly and like i have a ton of places like where i live it's like a hub for tracks like there are so many places to ride around here and uh like every summer i take the guys around ride different tracks and stuff and they're like especially the guys from cal guys from calgary because they ride a freshly groomed track every day yeah they're like man you ride some sketchy stuff and i'm like yeah like that's what makes it better like riding a groomed track every day doesn't help a lot so like i ride the squirreliest stuff and then when i get onto a pro track it's like man this track's this track's nice well yeah it's groomed wide you're not worried about hitting a, a freaking burnt up car or um some garbage pile in the middle of the raglan pit no it's pretty exactly. cool and you, you can definitely attribute that to that and like i said it's hard to to tell people about it without them actually saying you just you got to come and see it you just got to come and ride it and and sort of drink the kool-aid if you will um What's next? Uh, we got uh, Gopher doing Supercross, the Supercross series coming up. Um, what's next for Quinn Amiot till, uh, I think the last one is the beginning of November in Calgary. Um, and uh, then there's uh, the opportunity maybe to do um, the arena, My Arena Cross series out at the end of uh, November, December. What's next on the plate for you? What's going on? Uh, so I am just currently waiting for my suspension. Should be here today or tomorrow. And then I'm heading out to Michigan this weekend to do an arena cross race. It's like Stank Dogs hosting it, I believe. It's like just like an invitational race kind of thing. Nice. I'm going with going with Ronnie and Larry, and uh, and going to do that. And then uh, I think I might go hit up the AMO race next weekend at Sandali. Oh, cool. And okay. Then, yeah, and then get up back onto some Supercross and for Gopher, and then uh, yeah, just ride, ride as much as I can, race as much as I can throughout the Supercross series, and uh, yeah, I'd love to go do the Chilliwack races. I've always wanted to do it. I w tried to do it last year, and it never really lined up. But uh, I'm just looking to race as much as I can, ride as much as I can, especially now. Like I didn't ride, I didn't ride two times this summer when I wasn't racing. I would only race with my finger and stuff. I couldn't ride throughout the weeks or whatever. Yeah. So I'm trying to get all my riding in now. I uh, missed out on a lot of riding this summer, so I'm ready to ride as much as I can right now. Uh, I think that's a great attitude, and, and um, yeah, take advantage of it, of what you can, what's out there. You'll make a couple bucks here and there as well, obviously, but, I mean, there's no, there's no better thing than racing, right? There's no better training yeah, exactly. than racing, no matter if it's a short moto at a local race or a long one or whatever. Um, is there a certain place you can go and kind of do some suspension, or suspension, some supercross slash suspension testing for Gopher? Because Gophers always use you a little more gnarlier supercross than the ones in, like, Calgary or whatever. Yeah, uh, I know Pomeroy's. I've been talking to Ayrton. They just built the track at their place, so okay. I'll probably head out there, do a little test in there, and then uh, I believe Gopher is making their track early, so we can go ride the actual Gopher track, which will be nice. Oh, okay, cool. There you go. That'll be yeah, that'll be handy. Actually, I, I feel I feel like Tanner Ward told me he's doing a school there next weekend. I because I said, oh, you should come to Sandalene. He's like, I think I'm doing a motor a, a Supercross school. Maybe you can get into Tanner Ward Supercross school. Oh yeah, there you go. Maybe he'll teach me a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Um, last thing before I let you go, uh, I asked uh, I asked a question, uh, sort of to Dylan Wright on his podcast when we did one with him about who you'd hire, or whatever like that. I just want to ask you, how can a racer right now 
heading into 2024, focus on the task to beat Dylan Wright? What is it going to take to beat Dylan Wright? And the reason I'm asking this, and I know there's probably other racers that are listening to this, and like he's the most talked about person in Canadian moto, right? Like the the stats, the the information, it's all there, and it probably gets annoying, but he's the pedestal. And how the hell do you knock him off at Quinn? Yeah, man, I don't know. He is uh, he is unreal, and I think just the only thing you could do is just be there every weekend, be on his tail every weekend. And uh, Pettis was there this year, which was sweet. But yeah, I don't know. And it seems he seems to go that way, and then all of a sudden he kicks it up a gear and goes five seconds a lap faster than everyone else. So it's uh yeah i don't know that's a tough question it's gonna take a lot but i think just being there every weekend being on his ass and just like showing him he's not invincible i think that's the way to do it because once he's in he's to him right now he doesn't show it he's not cocky or anything but to him right now like he's he's invincible he's he's not getting beat so if that's your mentality then you're not getting beat so I think people got to start showing him that he's not that and just beat on his ass every weekend, which the guys did do that this year a bit, which was sweet. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that's the only way you can do it, I think. Well, and you're going to have to be in that class, by the way. Oh, yeah? yeah I don't know. I don't know if you know that or not, but that's what you have to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to beat him, you'll have to be in the 450 class. <laughs> All right, this has been another Rider Check-In brought to you by Race Tech Suspension, Charlie Johnston Racing Suspension out in Alberta. Hit them up for all your race tech needs or find, hit us up here at Canadian Motocross Unfiltered at our Instagram or website or uh, socials. Uh, we're easily to get a hold of. And, of course, callousmoto.com. Um, big shout-out to Mitch Cook and the Callus family over there. Great stuff online. Hit them up. They got all the new 2023.5 and 24, 2024 gear in stock as well. Uh, Quinn, uh, appreciate your time, man. I know we're probably going to be doing – well, if we keep this going, I guess we'll you know keep this, this podcast thing going. I'm sure we'll talk to each other many, many times because the career is on its way up. And uh, uh, we're a fan of it, and uh, we like to see it. And we'll be interested to see where you end up in the coming months but as long as you're on a dirt bike racing i think that's all that matters to you no i appreciate that and yeah i'm uh as long as we're racing dirt bikes i'm uh, i'm a happy guy so yeah no thank you for this you guys are doing an awesome job with the podcast i love it it's uh it's about time that we started doing something like this i like it and uh it's definitely good for our sport i got uh got ronnie here and he knows all about you guys and he was telling us some stories about doof and stuff so uh yeah you guys are definitely doing a good job uh actually one last thing uh our team for uh, motocross of nations um good squad how do you how do you think they're gonna fare when they head to earn a it's good i mean who else would you pick really especially for the 250 class mcdowell killed it so uh I think it'll be good. I think if everyone puts on their best behavior and like does as good as they can do, I think we'll. I think we can be easily in the top ten if everyone everyone does as they should. Their best behavior. You sound like a parent right there. If they all, if they all, <laughs> eat, if they eat their vegetables and, and eat their, <laughs> and go to bed early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're not partying too hard, they'll do pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Hey, Quinn, thanks again for your time, buddy, and uh, good luck in Michigan this weekend. I appreciate it. Thank you.